Hi, I'm Rena Grobe. And I'm Madhvi Romani. And this is Misinformed, the podcast for lazy but smart people. Every week we'll be discussing a different trend or topic so you can stay informed the easy way. So, Madhvi, what's the topic this week? So this week we're talking about the Berlin elections, which are coming up very soon on February 12th. Woo! Elections! Re-elections! Because Berlin is chaos! <laughs> and if you're thinking, ah, this is a deja vu thing, because didn't you do a thing back in September where you had the general elections and the Berlin elections? Yes, we did. However, because in Berlin they happen to have the Berlin Marathon and the Berlin elections at the same time, they basically fuck things up. This is the excuse that has been given. <laughs> One thing has nothing to do with the other <laughs> thing, but they couldn't get enough ballots to certain districts, and then they gave people the wrong ballot, and then the court ruled that we just had to have a do-over. And so on February the 12th, there will be actually two votes happening. First of all, there would be the Abgeordneten House election, and that's for the city state parliament. And the party that wins the most seats here gets to choose the mayor, basically, and assemble a coalition that's named the Senat. And only people who have a German passport and are the age of 18 can vote in this one. And so right now we've got this mayor called Francisca Giffey, headline, she's bad. But then there's another vote, which is the Bezirks for Ordneten Versammlungen. Literally, this word has... I'm going to count. <laughs> oh, wait, there's a better way of doing this. I can do character count. <laughs> it has 31 letters in it, right? For those who are not familiar with German as a language, the way German kind of works is rather than turn, I don't know, something into a sentence, Germans just kind of hook it onto one another to make these like mega long, literally brick words. It's... Like, you've never seen anything like it in another language. Actually, I don't know, because I don't speak that many languages, so if this also happens in another language, let me know. But from all the languages I speak, German is the only one where you can make these weird compound words that end up being essentially a sentence. 31 letters. 31 letters, word. yeah. And this is supposed to be, like, democracy, where everyone's supposed to be able to read this. Anyway, so Bezirks für Ordneten Versammlungen is for the district councils. And here, all EU citizens who are at least 16 can vote. And then we have been ordered to redo the federal parliamentary election, but that's not happening on the 12th for some reason. Uh, so I love that. All of the things that my mother thinks about Berlin are true. I want to say something about this. Amazing. Okay. So, yes, we made a mess of the election. <laughs> <laughs> Is this a defense of Berlin? No. Okay. It's not. It's a mess, clearly. However, I love that after this mess, everyone from the CSU and CDU and like Bavarians especially are all being like, oh, look at Berlin. They can't handle anything. It's terrible. They even said, because this happened and then we had this terrible fireworks disaster, basically. So Martin Huber, who is the general secretary of the CSU, said Berlin gets billions a year and spends this money on non-gender toilets and election gifts. And Marcus Asoda, who is the head of CSU, which is the Bavarian version of the CDU, said Berlin's unfortunately developing into a chaos city, beginning with the political leadership. 
that can neither organize elections or guarantee the safety of his citizens, right? I don't know if Makusura should be saying anything because he posted a photo of himself like two or three weeks ago in brownface. Why is everyone not talking about that? Our mayor, Francisca Giffey, who is no good, said back, well, if 145 chaotic people, she's referring to the fireworks on New Year's Eve, screw up in a metropolis of almost 4 million people, you can't conclude that all the other inhabitants here are also chaotic. So the thing is about the Bavarians is they just think that their stuff is all perfectly done. Let me tell you, as a foreigner in Germany, Uh, mm -hmm. the whole of Germany is chaotic. Mm -hmm. This Byzantine bureaucracy, everything moves so slowly. The way Germans think to do a thing is like unhinged. Mm -hmm. Okay, So yes, Berlin is a bit more unhinged, but also all you down there in the south, you're also unhinged. You just don't know it because you're comparing yourself to Berlin. Also, can I just say, Berlin was a divided city. There was literally a wall going through it until very, very recently. So man, give us a break. And we're capital city and we have a lot of people here and a lot of different people. It's not homogenous like a lot of the other places. So you're not dealing with the same problems and it's doing pretty well and it's a pretty nice place to live so stop being like oh berlin this berlin that also yes you give us a lot of money but like bavaria also got the Ländersfinanzausgleich. it's the way that money is distributed across the states in germany basically to give more money to poorer people <laughs> i know you're just staring off into <laughs> no, no. but but they got it for 37 years okay and also because we had a wall going through us That's why all the companies, like all the car companies, all the Siemens, everyone set up shop elsewhere. End of rant. Also, Munich is boring. Ouch, my hometown. Um, harsh. I mean, we have beer. We have beer here. Yeah, but ours is better. Is it? Yeah. I don't like beer. I don't like beer either. Beer tastes of stale, wet bread. This is like us talking about football. No, it's stale, wet bread. Yeah, it's That's not great. That's all that taste is. Why is there pride in this? I have no idea. I, I really dislike beer, I have to be honest. Although, you know what the only beer that I do like that is genuinely very, very good? There's a very small brewery near my house called König Ludwig, named after the king. Um, and they have a König Ludwig Dunkel beer, which is so good. And I love it. That is the only beer I will... If I'm at a restaurant and I have a choice of all the beverages, I will purposely choose that. It's delicious. That is a great side note. There's just one more thing in this election fiasco. After saying Berlin's, like, not that bad. (laughs) Also, Berlin is bad. Just to say, like, 43 politicians sued to halt the re-election because they said it was unconstitutional. So just a few days ago, the country's constitutional court on Tuesday denied motion to halt the re-election, but said that it won't rule on the re-election's constitutionality until early May, which means we could all go to the polls. Actually, this is not Berlin. This is German. This is German madness, right? So we can all go to the polls again, and it might not even count again. Who knows? But um, you know why this is? Because I, it's very interesting as someone from Germany, I think that this sort of reputation that Germany has that it's efficient, I think it's wrong. Because I think people misunderstand the way that Germans do things, right? Mm. Like for other countries who are incredibly chaotic and unorganized, Germany comes across as efficient. On a side note, I tried to get a visa to go to Egypt this morning and went to the Egyptian embassy. That's chaos. I know you say the Indian embassy is more chaotic, but 
having lived in Germany and dealt with German bureaucracy, Egyptian embassy but chaos. But you can't compare. This is like the Bavarians comparing, but you cannot no. compare. Wait. The German, you can't say Germans are efficient compared to no, Egypt no. or India. No, no. Germany is not efficient. That's what I'm trying to say. I think Germany is not efficient in the least bit. What I think Germans are is... Pedantic. Methodological. So they have a way of doing things and they stick to the way of doing things, even if it doesn't make sense. Which is unhinged. Exactly. This is the definition of, of madness. But it, it gives the perception to people on the outside of efficient because it says this idea of like, okay, you want a passport? Here are the steps you have to do and at the end you get a passport. But it's not efficiency. It's useless bureaucracy and sticking to a process even when sometimes that process does not make sense. It's not efficient. They have a method and they stick to it, almost to an infuriating degree. You're exactly right, because my friend Julia Pines wrote an article in the BBC years ago, and she lived in Germany for a long time, that was titled, Why People Think the Germans Are So Efficient. And she says, and I quote, What they mistake for German efficiency is, in many instances, a German fondness for rules, yes. a trait that leaves foreigners equally puzzled. While rule following may help in the seamless execution of everyday tasks, it does not really make a difference when it comes to big, symbolic projects of national significance. This is 100% it. Yeah, and then she goes into like how it's like the history of actually the Prussians and war and like nationalism and all of this kind of stuff. It's a really good article. We will link to it in our newsletter. Yes. Anyway... Back to the Berlin election. If you got a Wahlzettel in the mail, then you can vote. And we are going to break down the different parties and the different candidates. Great. Let's start with Francisca Giffey, who is the current mayor. She's from the SPD, which is kind of like center-left. Rina doesn't like her. No, actually, in preparation for this, we made a Francisca Giffey shit list. With all the horrible, terrible things she's done. Not all of them. Oh, that's true. It's not complete. Just the big main ones. The yes. ones you should be concerned about. Your top five list. Let's go. So, Francisca Giffey has been the mayor for how long? I don't know. Since September. And this now we're in February. Someone do the math and then let us know. October, November, December. Five months. Great. So she only got 21.4% of the votes, and yet she is still the mayor due to a coalition, which is really great when you have someone in power who 20% of the population voted for. But, the, but that always happens. Yeah, it does always happen, but it just makes it kind of feel more shit with all the dumb stuff she's done. And then you're like, nice. Yeah, so parties form coalitions, and within the coalition... Whichever party has the most votes, which in this case was the SPD, it's always the SPD in Berlin, in fact. This is true. They become the mayor. Yeah. <sighs> like, I don't even know where to start. Start at number one. Start at the top. Okay. It's a list. So, I know. That's how lists work. <laughs> no, but I meant, like, I can't even choose which one is the, like, one to be most outraged Just... about. I'll start at the top. All right. So, Francisca Giffey, this was before mayor. So, basically, what happened was... Someone was killed in the Tierpark, which is a very big park here in Berlin. And in response, they cleared out all of the homeless people from the park, right? They destroyed their tents. Like, it was completely inhumane. And when she was interviewed about this, Francisca Giffey responded with, Well, if you can't afford the life in Germany, then you have to go back to Romania. Were they even Romanian? Just I mean, I don't even think it matters to her if where they're from. It's just, when I read this, I was like, I cannot, first of all, 
This is something you expect from like an AfD politician, right? The SPD is the Social Democratic Party. And this is the least social thing I've ever heard anyone say. Well, how is this woman now our mayor? Two, she was nearly hit by a e-bike once in Paris. We don't live in Paris. But apparently now she does not want the bike lanes to be expanded or, and very specifically, so the Friedrichstraße in Berlin's Mitte was turned into a pedestrian-only street. Pedestrians and bikes. And this is a big source of debate, and Francisca Giffey does not want this because she was almost once hit by e-bike in Paris, and now she's traumatized. I feel kind of stupid that I went on a big rant to defend Berlin earlier, because about this Friedrich Salsa thing, they turned it into a pedestrian zone and a bike-only bit of street for two years straight. Then the court said, well, you got to change it back because it's, I don't know, illegal. That's not the legal way of the street. So they changed it back to cars. And then they made the one parallel over to it, bike only. But now, in fact, it's again, bike and pedestrian only at this very moment, because they changed the legal something of the street. So it's gone a bit back and forth. And meanwhile, all of these road markings just keep on getting painted over and everything for either cars or bikes or cars or bikes. So it's already switched from cars to bikes, back to cars, back to bikes. Yeah. Let's see what happens with Friedrichstraße. This is Berlin. I mean, it's a ridiculous misuse of resources, time, money. You, like, I'm sorry, Berlin has a housing crisis. Why are we repainting Friedrichstraße every two weeks? But also, I do I do agree that there should be more bike streets. That one's a bit of a random street to have a bike lane on. Yes, also, it is. I bike, and so there are a lot of streets that would be really nice to have way more bike lanes and space for bikes and things on, and Friedrichstraße is fine, but it's a strip that is only about, I don't know, 500 meters or something. Yeah, it's not very long. It's not very long, no. Also, it's not like it's like a main shopping district where it kind of makes sense, you know what I mean? It's a very random part of Berlin to make. Anyway, let's just leave that by side because her response to that was bizarre and I'm sorry you're traumatized. Don't go to Paris, I guess. Maybe the Parisians were intentionally trying to kill her. Maybe they knew she sucked and they were like, let's run this lady over. So her stance on bikes and bike lanes and bike-only kind of city is like, well, Paris, they tried it and <laughs> therefore it won't work in Berlin. Well, Paris is a bit like London in a way. It's not really a bike-friendly, a biker's city, whereas in Berlin... It's a bit more like Amsterdam or something. Like There are just a load more bikers here. It's way more integrated into the traffic. So actually, you can't look at another city or be influenced by your singular hate for one person yeah. that tried to run you over, or by mistake on purpose try to run you over in Paris and apply that to Berlin, you petty bitch. This one is, is also a very personal favorite of mine. So... As we know, Berlin has a ridiculous housing problem. It's especially recently, there's not enough houses and the prices for the apartments that are available have gone through the roof. It's inhumane, actually, honestly. Like, housing is a human right and it's inhumane. So Andreas Geisel, who is the Senator for Urban Development, a lobbyist for billionaire realty developers. So he takes hefty checks from speculators. And our lovely mayor has responded to all of this with a thank you note, a personally signed one that said, if you have any questions or comments, you can reach me directly. So in a time when Berlin is facing a major crisis, this is 
an unconscionable move. When so many people are suffering and don't get a private audience or don't have a direct phone line to the mayor, she is supposed to be representing these people, not realtor developers. I mean, I guess one could make the argument that maybe she is like trying to sweeten them up so that they will build more houses. But the fact that they're taking money from them kind of, I think, makes that a little bit irrelevant. And then on the same note, a year and a half ago, 59.1% of Berliners voted for an ex-appropriation of big landlords. And Giffy immediately went to work, like, sabotaging this. So she said, basically, she cannot reconcile it with my consciousness to promote ex-appropriation. When whether or not you are in favor of this vote, I think is completely irrelevant when it comes to this, because... She got 21% of the votes and 60% of Berliners voted in favor of this. Like, that does not match up. If you're supposed to be representing the people, then you need to listen to what the people say. It's also weird because she is supposed to be a social democrat, whereas she's a bit more F FDP, I feel like, in her yeah. politics. It's confusing. It's very strange. I mean, I think in the end, what it just goes to show is there's not really that much difference between the major parties. We have a social democratic mayor, but yet she's behaving like someone from the Freie Demokratische Partei. So something that happened very, very recently in Berlin, which has caused a major kerfuffle, is that on New Year's Eve, people were shooting fireworks everywhere. They were shooting fireworks at policemen. They were shooting fireworks at ambulance workers. They were shooting fireworks at fire brigade. All of this happened, I believe, on Zonnale, down in Neukölln, which, as is to be expected, the second anything happens in Neukölln, the politicians are going to start being super racist. I just really want to emphasize that I do not condone people shooting fireworks at ambulance workers or at the fire brigade. Like, I can understand why they are incredibly upset. Like, what the fuck? No. Why would you shoot at the fire brigade? They're literally trying to save lives. It's so ridiculous. But the fact that automatically all of the politicians fall back onto racist stereotypes and tie this into their anti-immigration politics and reveal the, I mean, I was going to say the ugly side of who they are, but really it's just the truth of who they are, is super racist people. And of course, our wonderful mayor is no different. And I think as the most recent thing that has happened in Berlin, this is, I think, the biggest point to me where it's like, we need a change of government because not the SPD, not the CDU, not the FDP, not the Grüne, None of these people are actually going to do any good for the city because none of them really truly care about the people who live in this city. We have so many problems in Berlin that need to be fixed and not one of the major parties is really doing anything to fix it. And you can see it in all of their campaign posters. They are pandering for votes. The SPD keep going on about the 29 euro ticket and you're like, you expect me to believe that you're going to bring this back? Franziska Giffey and Andreas Geisel are taking millions from lobbyists. Like, come on. Yeah, I think all of them, this is the problem. Like, they've all been kind of corrupted in a way. And we've lost, we've lost the connection between the candidates and the values of the parties that they represent. Mm -hmm. So Francisca Giffey is supposed to be SPD and, you know, a bit like left or whatever, but she's not. She's a bit more FDP. And then this has happened in Germany with the Greens recently too, oh where God. the Greens came into power and this was really big international news about this village called Lutzera, which is in Nordrhein-Westfalia, which is basically, uh, which used to be, or still is, I guess, a bit of a mining um, state. 
So this village basically, despite so many protests from so many climate protesters, from also international support, like this really reached international news, this village is going to be raised in order to expand the mine. Yes, they want to dig up 280 million tons of coal. So in October 2022, uh, Robert Habeck, who is the economy minister of the Greens, who are in power right now, and the Nordrhein-Westfalian economy minister Mona Neubauer struck a deal with the energy giant RWE to phase out coal by 2030, eight years earlier than that planned. But in return, they did allow the open cast mine to expand and mine coal below this village so that this village would have to go, basically. And this was like a compromise that the Green Party conference in Bonn voted on. So the Greens said yes to coal mining, basically. And a lot of people from the Green Party, also 2,000 members, wrote an open letter to both of these people just saying, like, we are breaking with the principles of our party, with the Paris Climate Agreement, the government's coalition agreement... We're losing the last bit of trust from the climate justice movement. So the Greens, since coming to power, and they came in on certain values, which were basically not coal mining, and probably also not weapons to Ukraine, I imagine, have kind of switched and made these like deals with the devil, which I think that is the nature of practical politics. And then we have the Linker, and the Linker also, like in Berlin, they have certain links to realtor companies too and things like that and they are absolutely compromised as well they're so i i understand like they're they're left and i I, i'm left leaning right i like a support leftist politics the link are supposed to be left and then they're like so far removed from reality that their politics don't make any sense like they don't understand the realities of what it means to be a person their ideas are so theoretical that they don't take into consideration the niches of being a human. You need to put more nuance into your laws and your ideas, because otherwise the reality of the world is more complex than sitting in an office and coming up with a great idea. So regarding very specifically Berlin. So the Linke, the leftist senators, were personally responsible for privatizing around 200,000 apartments in the mid-2000s. So this party is kind of directly responsible for the housing crisis that we have right now. Just to explain that a little bit more, rather than stuff being public housing, they go to private landlords, like the ones that Berlin voted to enteignen, to expropriate, and they can, you know, raise the rent to whatever they want. It's not controlled. So Die Linke took part in this in the 2000s, which leads us to where we are today. They are also responsible for massive cuts to public sectors. They have like the same kind of corruption dealings with realty speculators that the SPD are famous for. And then we're reading this really great article in Ex Bellino, which we will link to that is fantastic that you should read. They do make a shout out to one Lincoln politician who we also follow on Instagram, who we frequently will reshare things from. He's really great. On Instagram, he is known as Der Neuköllner, because he's a, you know, born and raised Neuköllner. His name is Ferrat Kulkak. I'm so sorry for mispronouncing that name. I apologize. At the end of the day, if you look at the Linke, who are supposed to be the communists, they are, you know, just as neoliberal as the people they plan to be in the opposition in. And, I mean, I think that part of the problem with them is, right, they're in the government. 
And when you're in the government, you sort of have to play the game. And we saw this with the Green Party. The second mm -hmm. you are in power, you have to compromise your values. I'm not saying I have a solution for it, but... To be fair, there is one party that actually has a chance that is very good at sticking to its values. It's the AFD. This is true. <laughs> they, they're racist. They're very sort of traditional against LGBTQIA stuff, all of this stuff. And they're pretty much yep. fascists, as they, as they say on the tin. But please don't vote for them. Yeah, don't vote for them. And then the CDU, who have seen how well the AFD is doing, which is scarily quite well, have started like adopting a lot of their talk. So they also didn't really stick to their values as Christian uh, democratics in a way because they went and took a lot of policies and a lot of the talk from the AFD. For example, Friedrich Mertz. Is he the head of the party now? Mm -hmm. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's honest. <laughs> Who is... Um, I just can't believe it. Sorry. <laughs> that, that guy... That guy who used to work for BlackRock is somehow the head of the party now. And he's campaigning on, you know, anti-asterisk and anti-gender neutral language in the German language, which is actually very gendered. It's something that we have to modernize in order to fit with our society and the way we conceptualize and look at things and gender nowadays, as opposed to... Can I... So we were reading this article, and they described Friedrich Merz as a balding Blackrock gremlin, and I didn't realize that they meant Blackrock like the company. I was like, what's a Blackrock gremlin? Like, I thought it was some <laughs> sort of mythical creature I didn't know about. I don't know. I was like, ooh, does it live under a Blackrock? Anyway. It's hmm. a nice image of Friedrich Merz. I imagined a kind of, like, golem figure when I was reading that. So at the moment, the polls are, the CDU is surprisingly very much ahead. It's at 25 percent interesting that is the spd is at 19 percent the greens are at 18 percent the linker at 12 percent the afd please do not vote for them is at 10 percent and the fdp please do not vote for them they are like neoliberal kind of they're a bit like the afd and the cdu but younger and all of them would definitely be in the SS if it existed now. Yeah, I think the FDP is basically like business students. You know what I mean? It's like people who come from wealth, but who are kind of like young and cool. You know what I mean? It's like the sons of the people who are voting for the CDU CSU. They have smartphones. Yeah, they're a bit slimy conservatives. They're very Six slimy conservatives. 6%. Please don't vote for them. And then sons to go like other, other parties are at 10%. The other parties is where it's at, actually. Although there's no point in really voting for them because you're kind of going to lose a vote. So Rina and I did the Valomat. The Valomat is a great website where you can go and you answer a bunch of questions. They're in German, but if you don't speak German, you can translate them. And then it tells you what your party is. And Rina and I did it, and we came up with the Tierschutzpartei, which obviously, being both you know, into environmental stuff and sustainability and vegetarians and LGBTQI plus um, advocates and stuff like this, this was going to happen. They hardly have any of the votes, so it's kind of going to be a, a wasted vote, I yeah. reckon. And maybe also it's going to happen like they have all the best ideas because they have no chance of being in power. And once they get into power, maybe they're going to also make compromises. And then the other party that I really like, actually, because I would have seen appropriate for the times we're living in since everything seems like one big joke, is Deepatai. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, they had a really good poster with Francisca Giffy on it that said, don't Giffy a fuck, which I quite like. <laughs> it was um, so funny. Oh, yeah, Volt also has a, a good um, placard. Here in Berlin, by the way, they advertise just on these, like, placards that are taped to lampposts. It's all very old-fashioned. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the Volt party has a good one that says there are more important things to think about than making the perfect, you know, advertising placard or whatever. I really love how Die Partei trolls, just openly trolls other parties. For context, Dipatai started out as a joke, and I'm still not entirely sure if they're a real party or not. It's very confusing to me. I get that they're real, but are they serious? Like, it's hard. I have something to say about this, because I think they're exactly... I think they're subversive, mm -hmm. and I think for me they seem a bit like artists, you know? Provoking people, trying to, like, doing art installations in a way... So this is one of their posters, and it has, like, a 3D dick on it, and it says, here you can touch a politician. <laughs> <laughs> but they have a couple of really great things that they're making, and this is why I think they're very, like, artists in a way. First of all, they actually made a documentary, because it's 10 years since the AFD started in Berlin, and this documentary is called Volksvertreter. And it's going to be showing at Kino Babylon here in Berlin. Andres Wilke followed all of these AFD politicians, you know, when they went into Bundestag, like all of their meetings, all of this kind of stuff, without just like in a documentary style way, which seems really cool. I mean, none of the German TV channels would show it. So that's why they're showing it in Babylon, and which is a very good cinema. And the other thing which I love that they're doing is one of the big campaigning things that it's quite funny because it's a very small local issue, but obviously people people hang on to these small things, I think, that are going to just affect their lives rather than like focusing on the big policies. And it's kind of a distraction. It was kind of a distraction at the time. But in the summer, we had this nine euro ticket. Yeah. And that was a distraction from, you know, inflation and petrol prices and the war and everything. But then everyone fell for it and it was great. Can I tell you something about the nine euro ticket? The week after the nine euro ticket ended, I accidentally rode the U-Bahn so many times without buying a ticket because I had completely forgotten about it. Please don't admit your crimes on this podcast. That's not a crime. Fuck the system. Actually... What they've done is they've taken over this site, which is called the 9 Euro Fund, Fund mm -hmm. which is like the 9 Euro Fund initiative. And you just become a member and you pay 9 euros a month, right? Mm -hmm. To this fund. And then you ride the Uban however you like, right? Yep. Yeah. And if you get caught and you are fined, I've forgotten how much the fine is. 60 then, euros or 40 euros. Yeah, it's maybe 49 euros or <laughs> maybe 69 euros. <laughs> I feel like the BVG would make it 69. If you get caught, the fund will pay the fine for you. Yeah. Isn't that a great idea? Yes, so they're bypassing all of the bureaucracy that all the politicians all over Germany, all the Berlin politicians have been arguing about and trying to negotiate. And they've gone from 9 euro to like, yeah, we're going to do a 29 euro ticket, but then it's only for Berlin and Brandenburg. And then they've gone to like a 49 euro ticket and that they've kind of agreed on and this, these talks in the typical German way have just been going on for ages and then the Partei comes along takes over this fund and everyone can travel for nine euros perfectly I am literally reading some of the Partei's posters they have three really good ones one that just says run over racist 
another one that just says kill Nazis. And then they have one which I'm sorry, maybe I'm really childish made me laugh. So the pug in German is called uh, Mops Mopse, which is also slang for boobs. And so it has a picture of a dog and it just says, like, do you want to touch boobs? Like, vote for us. But it's the Mopse, the dog. <laughs> it's so silly. All of their posters are so hilarious because they're just they're just trolling people. So it was set up for party by satirists. But I like them. I like the Tierschutzpartei. There's no point in voting for them, really. I think do the Valamart and see who you want to vote for. Um, yeah. I'll probably vote the Greens again just because there's no one else really. Uh, but interestingly, on this topic, there's been a recent report of a possible coalition between CSU and the Greens. So maybe also we get a different coalition as well. It was always assumed that we'll always get the same coalition so it wouldn't actually make too much of a difference. The green candidate is Bettina Yarash. She is a bit more obviously, well not obviously, she wants to see only electric cars drive in the city by 2030 but also she could just be saying that because I mean who's going to be around in 2030 to check it out and hold her to her promises? Yeah. They can't keep a promise for more than two seconds nowadays, the politicians. This is true. Ever. I guess what we can say is do not vote AFD, do not vote CDU, CSU, do not vote SPD. I mean, it's looking really bad because you obviously want to be strategic about your vote, right? Like, if we all get together and vote for the Tierschutzpartei, that would be great, but it's not very realistic. We do not yet have that amount of influence. That's true. If not, we would tell you all to vote for the Tierschutzpartei. So I guess probably at this point, your best bet really if you want to be strategic about your vote, it's probably to vote for Die Linke or Die Grüne. Although I would feel uncomfortable voting for Die Grüne, to be honest, given the way they've majorly screwed up recently. But if we vote for the Grüne, we got more of a chance of getting a different mayor, at yeah. least. Whereas the Linke won't do that. No, they won't, so... It's very difficult. I think those are honestly the two parties that you have to vote for, I think, in this election. When I say you have to, because I also think that not voting is not an option. Because all of the people who are going to vote for the CDU, CSU, and AfD will go to vote. So by boycotting it, you are basically giving them more power. And I know that, like, you say, oh, yeah, we don't believe in a democratic democratic system. It's like, okay, fair. You don't believe in a democratic system. You don't believe in the system of Germany. I totally understand and get that. But at the same time, shit's going to get a lot worse if we let the AfD in power. So could we at least like, try to keep the AfD out of power while we try to figure shit out. Like, the ship is sinking, and now is not the time to be like, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to engage with that captain because I don't like him. Like, well, tough luck. We need to engage. We need to keep these shithead conservatives from ruining this city even more than they already have. And I know we've literally just listed reasons why the Grüne and the Linke are complicit, but... It's the lesser of two evils. Like, honestly, that's what it is. And it's such a shit situation where that's the situation we're in. We have no good parties. We have no good politicians. Vote for the lesser of two evils. And on that note, here are our three things you can do this week to be a better person. Number one, do the Valomat. We'll link to it in our newsletter so you can see where you're aligned and decide how you want to vote. Thing two, do your own research. If you think you want to vote for the Green Party, maybe... Take a second, sit down, read their manifesto, read what they want to do, do research about the candidates. I mean, I know we've done a very good job of summarizing it for you, but honestly, make up your own mind. 
do your due diligence. And number three, this film by Dipartai is showing at Babylon Kino about the AFD. I reckon it's going to be worth a watch if you're interested in German politics and Germany in general, because the AFD has got a lot of votes right now. And it's called Volksvertreter, which means people's representative. Yeah. And if you want a good laugh, Google Dipartai posters. Thank you for listening. Until next week, goodbye. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also help us by supporting us on Patreon for as little as four euro a month. Visit patreon.com slash misinformed. For links to all our sources and for our personal tips on what to watch and read, subscribe to our weekly newsletter at misinformed.substack.com You can follow us on Instagram at the underscore miss underscore informed or email us your feedback, requests or just to say hi misinformed.podcast at gmail.com We would love to hear from you.